You're listening to the No Feeding Tube Show with me, Yvonne McLaren, and we're going to be sharing the vernacular of head and neck cancer treatment. There's a whole new language and life to learn after head and neck cancer treatment, and we'll be cracking open the subtleties of the side effects that treatment affords us as patients. It's the show for patients, carers and medical practitioners to hear from lived experience and my particular passion, food and living your best food life during and after treatment. So if you'd like to be part of the community, I'd encourage you to subscribe to GAG the newsletter. There'll be a link in the show notes below. But in the meantime, grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the No Feeding Tubes show. Um, It's great to have you here today and I'm doing a bit of an unusual one in that I'm going to talk about why I named my podcast the No Feeding Tubes show. I've had some feedback, uh, not all of it great, um, but there's a feeling that potentially in me calling my show the No Feeding Tubes show that I'm being disrespectful to people who have a feeding tube or will have a feeding tube or forever will have a feeding tube and I just wanted to set the record straight that the No Feeding Tubes name uh, is all about me. It's all about me, let's be honest. (laughs) And when I was going through my head and neck cancer treatment I had a feeding tube placed in my abdomen and I had it for nearly 18 months so I didn't eat orally in that time. So the reason for me naming the show the No Feeding Tubes show was because it was a goal of mine to get rid of my feeding tube. I wasn't one of those people that was prepared to uh, take no for an answer. Uh, I didn't want that feeding tube as part of my anatomy. It wasn't going to be part of my life going forward. Uh, It certainly wasn't a way that I was prepared to eat uh, in any way, shape or form. Having said that, it saved my life and... uh, I don't have an opinion on feeding tubes one way or another. I'm not an expert on feeding tubes. Uh, All I know is that at some point in my um, opioid-type stupor, I was uh, advised that it may not be a bad idea for me to have a feeding tube and I kind of nodded and said, yes, okay, do what you have to do, you're the expert. and they were right. I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have that feeding tube. And I don't know why feeding tubes have a stigma, but they appear to. Um, I guess for the same reason that I didn't want one for permanently. Uh, so I used the No Feeding Tubes title as the name of this podcast. And in many ways it became a, a cathartic way of me journaling, researching documenting and recording my journey with a peg tube and I'm now four years out and I haven't had a peg tube for 
uh, two and a bit years, I think it must be now. Um, I'm sure people who are doing the math out there and listening um, can give me an exact timing on that. But uh, that was why I called the podcast The No Feeding Tube Show. It was a goal for me. Now, in doing that research and writing my resources, uh, and there were resources for me, things like writing lists about all the things I had to do to remember to do to ensure that I was eating more and more and more orally and by mouth. What sort of food is that likely to be? And I too went through uh, you know, dry mouth, no taste, everything tasted like wet cardboard. Um, I couldn't swallow my own saliva, I couldn't swallow thickened water. Um, if I fed myself too quickly with a tube, I would vomit, um, I would gag, hence the name of the new newsletter, gag. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it was my way of documenting what I'd done. Uh And I've done this from a place of being a qualified chef, uh, a writer, um, someone who's been in and around marketing, communications, food, teaching, coaching, um, helping other people with their skill development, uh, particularly in the area of hospitality and food. That's what I did. That's what my career and job was. So I, I took everything that I'd learned and I wrote resources and part of that is this podcast, The No Feeding Tips Show, where I talk very openly about things that happened to me and I think I crack, well I'd like to hope that I think I crack open things that people might find a bit uncomfortable talking about but this is a supportive environment and um, you know, no judgment here. Um, I just tell it as I see it and as I've experienced it. Uh, when I went to research peg tubes, guess what I found? Cue the crickets. Exactly, nothing. Not much, really. It was all around babies. Uh, Paediatrics, is it called? Uh, I, did, I, I haven't had children, so I'm not very au fait with that side of baby feeding. Uh um, but the the only other thing that I could find that in any way remotely related to me um, was uh, hospice care, end-of-life care and peg feeding and tube feeding, uh, dementia patients tube feeding, brain injury patients tube feeding. None of this was in any way really relevant to me. Uh, you know, talking middle-aged fit, healthy woman uh, who had a lot of travelling experience under her belt and was determined to continue to do so. Um, So it was really interesting to try and find some information about pig tube feeding. And I'm not going to go down the path of uh, formulas because that's a whole other podcasts but I will talk about that in a future episode. The only person that I really came across that I thought oh, this woman might know and be able to help me is uh, a woman by the name of Lena Brake um, and Lena I apologise if I've pronounced your surname incorrectly but Lena 
is the founder and lead dietitian of Tube Dietitian and she was advocating for fresh food to be put into feeding tubes. Now, uh, not only did she give me some hope that, oh, you know, perhaps there is another way around this process of pouring um, formula out of a bottle into my pig tube. Um, but that was about it. There wasn't a lot out there. So I uh, documented my journey on transitioning off that peg tube and how I did that and how I got back to eating real food again. And, you know, even today as, as I go to air here, which is uh, April in 2023, uh, I'm four years out from treatment. I still struggle, but I'm now at a place where... Uh, I've really managed what types of food I can eat, how I can travel, how I can navigate social uh, situations um, without a peg tube. And that was the whole purpose of the No Feeding Tubes show. So, quick little episode just to give you some insight into the No Feeding Tubes show, its name, uh, and the whole purpose of it, it was to provide me with a way of recording, journaling, but most importantly, giving back to the head and neck cancer community about a lived experience with someone who's got some skills in uh, writing, documenting and food. And I um, certainly it is my hope that this podcast will provide uh, some assistance to people wanting some real life experience. So thank you for joining me here today. Uh, as always, uh, continue to eat well until we meet again. Look after yourself and look after someone else. Okay, goodbye. See you again next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the No Feeding Tube Show with Yvonne McLaren. I'd love for you to come on over to my supportive Facebook community and share your experiences. You can also follow me on Instagram, subscribe to Gag or just continue to tune in to the podcast. Don't forget if you get a minute to rate the show, that's always very helpful. Until next time, eat well.